it's getting worse and worse. It really is. God dear. Morning again. My name is Chris Lane. I have the great privilege of being the pastor here. Uh, let's just uh, pray. Actually, why don't we just stand and pray? I just feel just a tremendous sense of God's presence this morning. We want to honor God in every way we can. Let's just pray. Father God, we stand before you, sons and daughters. Again, as, I've, as we've already celebrated, this is all due to our Lord Jesus, your one and only begotten Son, who seemingly gave up that exclusive relationship with the most extraordinary generosity of heart so that we all could be made sons and daughters. We thank you for your worldwide family, Lord God. All over the world at this very moment, sons and daughters are lifting their voice to praise the living God. We live and move and have our being mindful of your great and awesome love, your presence. And Holy Spirit, as we stand at the threshold of this great new adventure, we pray, Lord God, that you would bless us, that you would comfort us where we're feeling wobbly, you would give us courage where we, th- we falter, and that, Lord God, you would ha- enable us to press in as we press on. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please sit. Well, if you were here last week, um, we had a, a wonderful launch to phase two. The Growing Family campaign, is, as pretty much all of you know, began over a year ago now. I thought it was 12 months, but in fact, it began much earlier than that. And uh, you know, we, uh, as the result of that, the net result of that end of story is that we now own that wonderful space next door. And, uh, and then, uh, obviously, we've been doing a lot of preparation work. That preparation goes on. But then last week, we felt it was time to launch phase two, which is basically, uh, you know, turning that space into a place where Jesus reigns. A space into a place where Jesus reigns. Now, some of you theologian and Bible types will tell me, well, God reigns everywhere. Yes, he does, of course. But for some extraordinary reason, God only knows why, he chooses places to visit his people. And that's our prayer, not just for this site, but for the site next door, that the two would become one and that God would visit us there. I mean, I was in the Holy Land a few years ago, as you know, and uh, I really went slightly slightly uh, kicking and screaming. I didn't really want to do it, funnily enough, but a number of people encouraged me to, and then finally I went, and I was just very struck there. That place is full of places where God seems to meet people. It is just peppered with them. You know, you walk through the whole Holy Land, it's, it's hard not to have a sense of God's purposes in that place, but there are certain places which which just, I don't know what it is, it's like a stairway to heaven. As I've told you, I, I was, had the great privilege of sitting inside the garden tomb on my own, and it was a profound experience. I sat on a hillside looking, overlooking Lake Galilee in a little place a friend of mine who's a TV producer told me about, which is commonly believed to be one of Jesus' favorite spots. It's funny, you kind of go up this little shabby old trail, you come to this little, this little uh, cave all of a sudden, and there's an olive tree growing out of it. And for centuries, literally for centuries, Christians have been putting little candles in there. It's not on the tourist trail. 
that the locals know that that was a place where Jesus hung about. There was an extraordinary sense of God's presence. And God seems to choose the less than pretty places. That's why I am not ashamed of meeting in an old warehouse. It's not pretty, is it? Let's be honest. I mean, it's quite nice in here, but it's not pretty out there. God seems to choose the out of the way places. So at his invitation, and you'll have to listen to last week's talk to get the backstory. I'm not gonna spend any more time on it. At his invitation, the directors, the staff, the leaders, us as a people felt that God was calling us to enlarge our tent so that we could turn a greater space into a place where Jesus reigns. And so last week we looked at that and I was so encouraged by the feedback I had. You know, we didn't really talk about the money and the nitty gritty. I want to talk a bit about the nitty gritty today, but I, mainly I want to do some teaching. But, uh, you know, we were encouraged last week, John 14, 12, Jesus says, you're going to do greater things. You think this is good? You're going to do greater things. And I'm going to send the Holy Spirit so that you will surprise yourself. You will be surprised at what God can do through his church. And the Father is absolutely determined to glorify his son Jesus through the church. That's what this is about. Winning honor and renown for Jesus. So that's, that's the beginning of it. Why don't we uh, just consider the plans? I, I hope that you all had uh, one of these, if not last week, this week. If you want one and you haven't got one, you missed last week, you missed this morning, just put your hand up and we'll get somebody to run around and give you one. But uh, there's somebody down there with a hand. Just, Natalie, just, can somebody, thank you. Let's get, anybody else need one that hasn't got one? There's a lady over there that's got one. Got, and there's somebody here. Managed to slip, oh, there's a few over there. Keep your hands up and we'll, thanks, thanks David. Welcome team, we'll run around and just give you these to take away. This is a wonderful thing, by the way. I want to just say, I want to honor one of my staff, Emma Blustin, our communications person, just done a great job with that. I love it because it's so nice, it's, I don't want to throw it away. You know, I get so many bits of paper given me, don't you? This church generates an awful lot of paper, I have to say. Um, but, but this is so nice, I, I can't throw it away. You know, sort of leave it lying around places, but I can't throw it away, you know. It's a really great piece of work, that though. But our plan, in summary, and forgive me if you've heard this a zillion times before, you know, we, we need more space generally, but there's three things that we're really focusing on. We're thinking about our feed ministry, our, our ministry to, the, to our, our, our less fortunate uh, members of our community, and uh, there are four pillars of that, four pillars of that. One is, is our food bank ministry, which has grown to extraordinary proportions. We're probably the largest food bank in Hertfordshire now. Secondly, we, we, uh, we see that there's a real need for us to train and equip people. Sometimes in the most basic of skills, you know, some, many of you are excellent cooks. I mean, Flissy and I on various occasions when we've been moving house, and, or some of you when you've had babies have been the recipients of wonderfully cooked meals. There's some great cooks in this place, but that doesn't come naturally. Maybe second nature to you, but some people, when they look at a, a raw parsnip, wouldn't know what to do with it if you paid them. You know, and we're dealing with fresh foods now. So there's training and equipping, and sometimes in the most simple of life skills. Sometimes there's assistance needed with computers. So much of the benefit system now is, is computer dependent. So we, we can train and equip people to do life, and we can stand and support them. Thirdly, 
there's a whole, there's a whole raft of, of charities out there and social services all working, excuse me, their butts off. That's a theological term. They're all working their butts off. They, they mean well, but they are struggling with resources. And we have found increasingly, as God has given us favor in this, this, not just this city, but this region, people are looking to us for support and help and advice. Sometimes we feel totally inadequate to give it. But the truth of the matter is that it seems to be something that God is doing. So another p- third pillar of this, this ministry to the poor and disadvantaged is, is to see that we can start networking with organizations and encourage organizations. Some of them, you know, li- they literally are one harassed worker working part-time in some little garret office in St. Albans. You know, I think of one agency that's trying to work with single mums, support them. I mean, it, <laughs> help. You know, and we want to try and help. You know, we're working with the police. We have great relationships with the police now. They're often coming down here. I don't know what Dan's been up to, but uh, <laughs> we're often saying, is Dan here? No, I'm teasing, <laughs> poking his tongue out with me. But truthfully, we're on first name terms with these guys. They, they often, when somebody is let out of jail, they'll go to the police station. If they've got no family, no backup, no resources, they go to the police station. You'd think they want to stay clear of it, but they come, they say, I ain't got anything. I, can't, I, can't, I need to get through the weekend before my benefits. And so they'll come down here late on a Friday afternoon and we'll sort them out. All of this, all of this is undergirded by prayer, and that's the fourth pillar of our care. We do have Wonderful people like yourself who've learned how to pray effectively, not just you know, ineffectively, anybody can do that, but have learned how to pray effectively. And so we, of course, are beginning to offer more prayer counseling. So that's the whole feed thing. Our children's ministry, you know, I was reading in this little brochure and Emma just said this, you know, because she did much of the copy there. She said, you know, children are great evangelists. And I thought, yeah. And I thought, I thought yeah. And I thought, yeah. Absolutely, they are great evangelists. Especially when we are serving them here by an absolute flagship children's ministry. I mean, Kev Nash and you know, Marna and Maria, our, our staff, backed up by 120 or so volunteers on rotation. You do an absolutely phenomenal job. You really do. And the result of that is that on a Sunday morning, and there will be, I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands, there will be kids that will go into the bedroom and mum and dad will be in bed fast asleep and they'll be bouncing up and down saying, come on, get up, we've got to go to church, got to go to church, got to go to church. We'll see my friends, quick, 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 quick. Because <laughs> this hour is the best hour of their week. And they want to get their kids out of it. They, they want to get their mum and dad out of it to bring them to church. And so people are sort of, you know, a little bit lukewarm in their faith and sort of dragged out of, ch- out of bed because their kids are driving them nuts. That's evangelism for you. <laughs> It's either that or the Spanish Inquisition, I'm not quite sure which, but uh, you will repent, you know. (laughs) Jesus said, unless you become like one of these little children, you'll find no place in heaven. So we want to honor the kids, not just babysit the kids. When we started the church, I've told you this before, but when we started the church, Chris and I swore we would not, our kids' ministry would never be fat Auntie Nellie reading in a story in the corner of a room. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, just send them in there. Get, shove them in there while you, while you grown-ups have church. You know, 
I won't mention names, but I went to one church when I was asked to take some responsibility when I was, uh, you know, in my, before I came here. And uh, I was asked to take some responsibility for the youth. And the youth were so angry. Their parents were having a wonderful time. It was a time of glory and revival, but the kids were just, and the youth were an afterthought. Not on our watch. Say that with me. Not on our watch. We want the kids to be safe, well cared for, well taught, and for this to be the best hour of their week. Our youth, our youth, Isaiah 9 says a little child shall lead them. Do you know what, as I was praying about this, do you know what I'm beginning to look for from our youth? That's leadership. I spend a lot of time with leaders. I spend a lot of time coaching leaders. I'm asked to go elsewhere to talk to leaders. Do you know what I'm seeing? A potential, a missed potential in our youth. Uh, Not not necessarily here, but I'm seeing the opportunity to invest in our youth as leaders. They have passion. They have energy. They've not had so many knocks that the stuffing has been beaten out of them. You know, they'll, they'll tackle things. And whilst we say, yeah, tried that, did that, didn't work, you know, or we say, oh yeah, you'll grow out of it. I remember when I first came into the ministry, literally 40 odd, uh, how long was it, 35 years ago? Whenever it was. I went, I went to work for a parachurch agency and I was full of vim and excitement and all the rest of it and the general secretary of that organization listened to me at a kind of cocktail party that was going on. I was telling him what I was gonna say and he said, <laughs> And he listened, he listened, he said, and he said to me, he said, I used to be like you, you'll grow out of it. This was the general secretary of a major charity that if I mentioned their name, you would go, what? I don't want to beat that enthusiasm out of our youth. Not on our watch, say it with me. Not on our watch. We want to facilitate, we want to excite, we want to develop a positive can-do approach to their faith and life. We want to create a space where they know that they're important. Thank you. Thank you. So let me quickly run through the plan and then I just want to do a little Bible teaching. So let's throw this up here. I've got a big stick. This is to poke Dennis with his, once I get into the preach, he starts dozing off. I've seen him, you know. Okay. So this is the the ground floor. Now the the reason I've got the big stick is that actually, you know, some people struggle with plans. I mean, I was talking to, to Chris, yeah, my namesake at the back there, and we're looking at the plans, and you know, I can look at a plan and I can totally get it, and some people are like that, but other people, they look at a plan, it means nothing to them. It just, they just don't read it. It's not a good thing or a bad thing, it's just the way it is. And certainly we're gonna get a cartoon, a, a 3D animation, what do they call it, a CAD? What do they call that? A CAD animation thing in about three or four weeks' time, which will help. But the thing about these plans is that you just, it's, it's hard to sort of grasp the scale. So this side then, this is what, where we're current, this is the building so far, that's the auditorium, and uh, this is what we've got. And this is all the new part. The first thing that you recognize is the footprint is bigger. And then looking at this, this says kids and youth. Actually, uh, this is on the ground floor. That, all of that sort of pinky white area there, that's, I can't poke high enough, but. That's really all, all the kids, all kids. It says kids, youth at the moment, but it's all kids. 
Now you might say, well, there's only what eight rooms there. We've got eight rooms already. What's the what's the gain? The scale. So, for example, if I say to you that that there, that little entrance, that passage is not a passage. That's ten foot wide. You could drive a car down there. This, needless to say, is a secure unit. That whole thing is a secure. Some may say, that's what you need with kids, you know, get them in there and lock the door. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say, didn't, didn't, I, did you hear me? I didn't say that. Well, I'm fine. Okay. Each of these breakout rooms, and I can't poke up high enough, you know, there's about room for about 60 kids in there, comfortably. This area also includes designated toilets, so we're not losing kids as they wander across the toilets. They're kids' loos, they're little mini things, you know? They're great. We've got a kids' lounge here, so if, if you know, Cap Caterpillar 982 goes up and you know that you've got to go and get your kid because it's distressed, well, then they'll be in the kids' lounge. There won't be some hapless worker looking harassed, wandering around trying to find you at the back of church. They'll be in the kids' lounge there. We have a sensory room there because we are having to deal with a number of, of, you know, we're having to support a number of parents whose kids are suffering from autism, various things, and they need special care. This, of course, all this green area is, is the, it can get, begin to grasp the idea of the size, is, is the, the feed ministry here, store, store, secure store, 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 down here, food store, food display, that's like gonna be like a mini-mart. Clothes display, that's going to be focusing on children's clothes, good quality children's clothes. We will process them, we will launder them, we will press them, we will size them, and then we'll invite parents to come in and, and select you know, fresh, clean, decent clothes for their kids, offices and what have you. And then here, big glass doors, like the big glass doors we currently have into the, the atrium here. What is hard to see is that this is the downstairs conference room down here we currently have in the existing building. This wall's going to be knocked out and that wall's going to be knocked out. This is going to become a large cafe area and you'll be able to, on a Sunday morning, use this as a sit-out area like we, our current atrium or this. So the, the cafe, the Starbucks will be in the middle and it'll go either side. This it's a big building, it really is. Let's just flip up to the, the first floor and then I will, as I promised, get onto the teaching. This says potential first floor. There's a lot of potential here, but one thing I'm that will be happening as part of this first phase two of the Growing Family Campaign is that the youth area, which will be literally the same footprint as the kids' area, will be up there. Now, there's fewer rooms there but this room here, that's another auditorium. We'll use that for feed and for various things like that, but this will essentially be a, a youth auditorium. It'll be soundproof, so we don't have some of the issues that we currently have. Well, I say soundproof, sound suppressed. And this auditorium here will seat for 200 people. You know, it, you look at a plan, you, it's, you don't get the scale. So I just wanted to look like a headmaster with a stick and just point that out to you, you know? Um, then, you know, we've got other, the, the bookstore will move down onto the uh, ground floor and that will be a nice shop, it'll be on the ground floor. Why? Because we have so much stock nicked every year. <laughs> I know, actually, you know what, it, it bothers me, but it doesn't bother me. 
Because if the world is coming in, the world comes in their va- with their values. And if they're gonna steal something, let them steal a Bible. Why not, you know? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, we, we lost last year 4,000 pounds worth of stock. That's not a stiff, sniff. Stuff goes, particularly CDs. But if people are somewhere on the line, reading these books, listening to this worship, they're gonna come on to deep conviction. <laughs> and now, every time we get a very large check in the offering, I think, oh yeah, I wonder why, oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Mark, so you've been knocking off the CDs, have you? You know? Yeah, you know, I'm not giving you permission to nick things, don't get me wrong. But you know what, it does bother us, it frustrates the heck out of us. It feels like a violation, but at the same time, you know what, there's an eternal, they're stealing Bibles, for heaven's sake. We give them, they probably don't know we give them away, but anyway, you know. (sighs) All of this vision has come from God. I told you last week, when God began to, I hung my head, I wanted to hide. I thought, oh, I don't know, I've got another capital campaign in me. But God, his compassion is aroused. God is on the move. And if God is on the move, you have a choice. Go with him or stay where you are. If I'm gonna stay without, well, I might as well kill myself now. Because I wanna be with God. To be with God is to be with the source. To be with God is life. Turn with me, please, as we consider our response to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And we're just going to spend the last 10 minutes looking at this. Our response. This is going to cost 500,000 pounds, as you probably know by now. It's not as much as we had to raise last year, thank God. It's going to cost 500,000 pounds. Our response. Let's read. Let's take a, a leaf out of our spiritual forebears book and let's read together 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verses 1 to 15 do you know what I'm I'm sorry I'm taking leaf out of Louis's book here why don't we just stand while I just read this word I'm sorry to get you to fidget and all the rest of it but just I'm just really about honoring God in every way possible this morning thank you you can follow on the screen I'll read it from my book here my Bible so this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church, had wonderful things going on there, wonderful things, and some not so wonderful things. But it says this, and now brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. But I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God to to us also. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want 
I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your earnestness will do it, to do it will be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. And our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard pressed, but that there may be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Father, may this word come alive in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Three things I just want to pull out. As Emma says in our little brochure thing, you know, everything we've done in the last few years has been funded by sacrificial giving. That's not that we disapprove or would discourage you from having a car boot sale or whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. But we have seen giving as part of our worship, as Rich reminded us, it's part of the way we do discipleship. And so we have all along really focused on sacrificial giving. Verses two and three, thank you Matt, just throw those up, just a little reminder here. In the midst of a very severe trial, the Macedonian churches, in their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty, welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as were able and even beyond their ability. What was happening here was that there was a huge famine in Jerusalem. And of course, Jerusalem, as you, many of you will know, was the, the seat of the mother church. And so the Christians were suffering, and suffering intensely. They'd gone through a season of, 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 of persecution. That had, to some degree, abated. But the reality was that they were now struggling. In fact, the whole region was struggling. And actually, some commentators have speculated that one of the reasons that they were struggling was that actually the church had been doing had had, had a, a, a means of compassion ministry for the Greek widows, for the non-Jewish widows, that they'd been heavily involved. And suddenly they were struggling. And so a call went out to the wider church, help us. And, and so what happens here, the church in Thessalonica, the church in other places, the Macedonian churches, they say, we want to help. And Paul said, but that's amazing. I mean, you're really going through it. And what Paul is rejoicing in, he says, you know, even though these guys were struggling, these were tough times for them, they begged for the privilege of, of joining together to be able to add to this gift to go and help relieve suffering in Jerusalem. So that's the backstory there. They gave, and then Paul rejoices in the fact that first of all, they gave themselves to the Lord. So basically, I want to say, you know, Pray about this. Don't just put your fingers in the ears and go, no, 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 no. Pray about this. What does God want you to do? Give yourself to the Lord like the Thessalonians. Pray about this. 
The second thing I want to say is really Christ-like giving. And in the midst of this, there's an absolute jewel, a reminder of God's great gift to us. Verse nine, thank you, Matt. I think I've got that somewhere. Yeah, my notes, good. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. That is a verse that's worth highlighting in your Bible or highlighting on your smart device or writing down and shoving in your wallet. Just that reminder, again, of the lengths to which God has gone to in order to give us you know, the riches of his grace, that we might know that riches. So right there in the middle. And it's not like God is standing there with a big stick. It's like God has led the way in all of this. Christ the giver, you cannot outgive God. I don't care who you are, what you've got, what you've done, what you've given, a lifetime of service to so and so, God bless you. It's wonderful. It needs to be honored and celebrated, but you cannot give, outgive God. And then thirdly, equality of giving. Verse 13, thank you, Matt. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you're having a hard time, but there might be equality. Equality. And this has been something that we've been at pains to stress every time we've come around to one of these things. <clears throat> you know, we're not looking. I heard somebody say, or somebody reported back to me that a year ago when we launched this campaign, somebody said somewhat testily, it sounds like the rich people have got to, we rich people have got to sort it out. I mean, that's a little ungracious. I know who you were, you are, but I'm not gonna mention that, of course. You know, the biblical principle here is equality of sacrifice. So if you're rich, if you're wealthy, if you've been afflicted with affluence, if you've been afflicted with affluence, let me help you with that one. <laughs> if you've been afflicted with affluence, you may be very wealthy. Well, your gift should make you think, not just twice, but make, should make you go, ooh, I'm gonna feel that one. Just as for those of us who are really struggling, and there are people in every, spectrum of the economic uh, you know, rainbow here. You may be really struggling living day to day. But the truth of the matter is, I encourage you, if you're really struggling, to go home, pray about it. And I encourage you to think what you could do, it might make you go, ooh. But I want the same, ooh, that I'm, I'm encouraging those of us who have resources. There should be that same response. The gift you make should not be the, be the, the insignificant small change in your pocket. The gift you make should make you, as an act of worship, know that you made that gift this year. And then to round up and finish as the band comes back onto the platform. Verse 11. The Corinthians had made a good start but they didn't finish the task. And Paul intervenes here. And he says in verse 11, he says, now finish the work. Now finish the work. What you started, finish it. 
Don't lose heart. Don't get bored. Don't get campaign. What's the word? Cam- what is it? Campaign weary. You know, when you started following Jesus, you knew it was going to be all changed. If you didn't know that, then the evangelist didn't do his job properly. We'll always be chasing after a father whose blood is up, full of compassion, grace, and mercy. That's how we got caught up. And he's on the move again. And he calls over his shoulder as he presses on and presses in to the need in this world. He says, are you coming or what? Are you coming or what? And our spiritual forebears speak through the centuries and say, now finish the task. We did. You wouldn't be here if we didn't. Now finish the task. Now finish the task. We're going to take up an offering. Uh, This is the first sort of campaign offering during this song. And as has always been the case, Felicity and I, we've done our bit of praying or what have you. Where's it gone? (laughs) Is there a... There should be a couple of envelopes there. Oh. I've lost our gift. (laughs) Oh, there they are. So... Mark, will you put that in the basket? Phyllis and I want to lead from the front. That's our gift to phase two. Let's all stand and pray now. We'll worship and then go and have coffee. (sighs) Father God, I just want to say thank you for your presence. Thank you for this morning. Thank you that all of this has been made possible because of Jesus. And Father, we want to say, yes, Lord. Where you lead, we'll follow. And everyone said... Amen. Thank you, Darren. Gracious and astounding God's of so confounding appears to us In a cleansing flow of blood Sun left from glory the Father's wrath and fury in our stead for the sins of all he bled standing on worship raise a voice and worship come adore the King of kings and Lord of lords Behold the Lamb heaven He was dead but God raised him from the grave 
Lord's mighty to save. We glorified and reigned in Jesus. The keys of death and Hades in his hands. And for the word Raise a voice and worship, come adore the King of kings and Lord of lords. Stand and worship, raise a voice and worship, come adore the King of kings and I say the final blessing if you've come home today you know that little thing about you've been away from church for some time and you're coming home if you've if you're in that place or if you want to take that first step of faith you know become a Christian today please just go to my right your left and the team will pray with you but before the service the prayer team also felt that uh, there may be a woman here with psoriasis on her back and arms if that's you, let's pray for you. Just see what God can do. Go to my right, your left, and someone will pray with you. There may be somebody here with a right shoulder problem, uh, somebody with a problem with the right knee, someone with RSI, someone with a weak pelvis, someone with muscular weaknesses to face. Bell's palsy and brackets there. If any of those resonate with you, just go to my right, your left, let somebody pray for you. Now the blessing you're loved you're cherished you're known by name your sons and daughters you're the family of God you're the bride of Christ you're the army of God you're the people of God you were created to do greater things, greater things. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us his peace. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you guys.
Have a great week. By the way, the warehouse is open. If you haven't had a chance to have a little look in there, just slip in through the side door. It's open. Have a little nose around. And collect the children first. Thank you.